You're listening to episode 80 of the High on Life podcast. Does dieting predict weight gain? Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast. At the time that this is going to come out, it's going to be mid-August, and we've got some big things going on in my house. I haven't shared this publicly, but we sold our house in the spring and we are moving and I'm really excited. We're doing something a little bit counter culture or maybe counter expectations. I'm probably going to record another podcast about my lessons through this past year, but we are actually downgrading our house and I'm not unaware of my privilege. Like we're still going to be in a beautiful home and I'm very, very faithful for it, but it is a significant downgrade from where we currently are. And this is very intentional and very purposeful. And it's just the weirdest thing because both my husband and I are so excited for it. Like we're just really excited for this next season of refocusing on some different priorities in our lives and really deciding how we want to build our lives intentionally. And I know I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. This has been one of the major steps for us. And so I'll share a little bit more about that, but I'm right in the process of living through boxes everywhere. And I am not, I like, do not like clutter. I'm very simple. I'm a minimalist. I like to purge of things. And so living surrounded by boxes everywhere for the past month and a half has been trying, shall we say, but we're almost at the end of it. So we move on August 9th. And I think this episode is going to air about a week later. So you can check in on me and Ask me how I'm doing. And we are really, really excited about that. Yeah, so that's what's going on. All right, today I want to talk about dieting as a predictor of weight gain. Now, I made my title a question, does dieting predict weight gain? I'm just going to tell you. Spoiler alert, dieting is a predictor of weight gain. Now, there's a lot of debate about this, and I think it's been under debate for the last 30 years, but the question is whether dieting is the cause or it's just associated with, or it's a proxy for people who have a predisposition to weight gain and the things that they're trying to do to prevent that weight gain. But at the end of the day, the conclusion that you can draw is that dieting is not helpful, (laughs) certainly not helpful, and in fact, associated with weight gain. So let me tell you about a few studies that I looked at, and I'm going to link some of the studies in the show notes. So if you're wanting to look this up yourself, you can go take a peek. There was a five-year longitudinal study among adolescents, and it was a study called Project EAT, and EAT stands for Eating Among Teens. It was published around 2007, and they found that dieting predicted binge eating. It predicted a reduction in physical activity. It predicted decrease in breakfast consumption and was associated with an increased risk of developing overweight, obesity, and disordered eating in the future. Right. So in adolescents who are trying to diet in an effort to lose weight, and that's what the definition of dieting was. So it was restricting food in an effort to create weight loss. It actually had the exact opposite effect when they looked at these teens over 50, over five years. 
Another study in Finland looked at 2,000 sets of twins over 10 years. So these are long-term studies. And a twin who reported dieting, even if they only dieted like once in their life, so not even repetitive, repetitive dieting and weight cycling, but once in their life was more likely to gain weight compared to their non-dieting twins. Isn't that crazy? So what's going on there? It's also been found that this is even more of a problem in lean individuals than it is in individuals who have obesity. So for all my ladies out there who don't actually have any struggles with excess adiposity, but you think you do because you think that you need to fit a certain aesthetic, I'm telling you that your dieting efforts are actually causing more harm than they are good. They're causing you to be more likely to gain weight in the future because this is a bigger problem if you don't actually have obesity or overweight. You are a lean individual, but you're trying to create even more thinness as the goal or the beauty standard or whatever that's based upon, that is actually a predictor for more weight gain in the future, not what you're wanting, right? And there's a number of different biological mechanisms for this. You've probably, if you've listened to me, we've talked about one, some of the physiological factors that contribute to weight regain in people with obesity. So what can happen is when fat mass is reduced, when you try to lose weight, two things happen. You lose fat mass, but you also lose fat-free mass, i.e. you are going to lose lean body mass, which is not what we want. We don't want to be losing muscle, but that inevitably happens. And then when there is weight regain that happens because of changes in your body's appetite signaling, right? Because your body perceives starvation and so it ramps up your hunger. So now you are eating more again. And then what we call adaptive thermogenesis, which is the fancy term for a lowering of your metabolic rate. So your body slows down the engine, slows the system down. What happens is that there's a faster rate of fat recovery relative to recovery of lean body mass, i.e. you put on fat more quickly than you put on muscle and so at the end of the day, at the beginning, you lost both fat and muscle. And at the end of the day, you regained more fat than muscle. Not what we're wanting, right? So now your body composition is worse off because of that dieting effort. And so some of the studies that I looked at call this post-dieting fat overshooting. And so they reported that through repeated efforts of dieting and weight cycling, which I see, like this is so, 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 so common. I see this every single day with our clients. It increases the risk of trajectory for gaining weight. And not only that, but like dieting just feels terrible, right? I just talked to so many women who've been beaten down by doing diet after diet after diet. And it's like such punishment. So many women get to this point where they think that that is the only solution to losing weight. But they're like, I cannot put myself through that again. It's just such torture. So they feel so hopeless. It's like, I have nothing that I can do because I don't want to diet again. It's like, well, you were just given the wrong solution. Like dieting was never the right solution. Dieting is based in punishment and needing to achieve a certain aesthetic for approval and hating on your body. And that was never going to be the long-term solution. It's never going to work that way, right? So we just, we have this whole industry that, is creating the very problem that it's pretending to solve, right? Isn't that like so shocking that the dieting industry is the problem? It's like creating the problem. It's creating this epidemic of ill health and toxic relationships with your body and with food 
while also masquerading as the very solution that you're supposed to be looking for. So messed up, right? Not only that, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, but we have a society where we tell people that they should be thin to be beautiful. And then we have the big food industry that's like pumping billions of dollars into creating hyper palatable, fake food-like products that give you a huge dopamine hit are completely based on like triggering your pleasure centers and create addictive eating tendencies because they're full of sugar and trans fats and engineered flavors that trigger your brain, right? Like literally created by food engineers who know exactly how to hit the sweet spot in your brain. So you want more and you buy more. And a multi-billion dollar dieting industry that's telling you you shouldn't be eating these things. And if you eat those things, those are bad and you're cheating on your diet and you should be restricting. And you shouldn't be eating all of these things that we also put in front of your face in all of the commercials on TV and every billboard. It's like, Caught in the middle of this is some poor 12-year-old girl who's like trying to navigate her body changing and trying to fit in. And maybe she's got a mother who's also got her own weight bias from her own upbringing. No wonder women are set up with a lifelong battle against their bodies and thinking that their bodies are the problem. And then they're dieting and then failing and then binging and then weight cycling. And that is the very thing that's damaging their bodies when they're trying to achieve health in the first place. It's like it's so messed up. Okay, so this is why you need to stop dieting. This is a big problem. This is a problem that I see every single day. And it is an impossible situation that we put women and men into. I do think that this proportionately affects women more so than men because of beauty standards that put that pressure on women. It is an impossible situation, but it's an impossible situation that does actually have a solution. Here, let's talk about the solution. So what is the solution if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, but like, I still do want to lose weight and I I want it, but I want to keep it off. I hear you. Listen, I hear you. Okay. okay? Because I think health at every size, all all the power to you if you are happy and healthy at whatever size you are. I love that. Go for it. Like, I think that's amazing. But the women connect with my message are not healthy or happy at the size that they are or with that extra adiposity on their body, it's holding them back from the life they want to live. And that is why I do believe that weight loss can be beneficial, but it's all about how we approach it and what, you know, what's the intention behind it. So I'm going to give you the solution from my, from my point of view. I would love to hear from you if you think that I'm missing something or you want to add to this, like, let's open up a discussion. Even though this is a podcast, this is a monologue, let's open up discussion. Send me an email. I love hearing from you. It's all good. Or share on Instagram at Sasha High MD. I'd love to hear. Okay. Number one, my, my suggestions is to stop focusing on the scale or a target BMI or a target number. I have talked about this, but I'm going to talk about it again in case you're new to me. You have to drop the idea that you have to achieve a number on the scale as success. And that's the only thing that's successful is if you fit into a size, whatever number that is. This is why I I love our best weight concept. I did not invent it. I'm not taking credit for it. As far as I know, Yoni Friedhoff invented it. He's a physician in Ottawa. He, I think he coined the term, but I think it's an amazing concept. And it's the idea that your best weight is going to be the weight that you arrive at when you are living your happiest and healthiest lifestyle, plus or minus getting medical treatment for a medical condition you may have. And we let your body do the thing that your body wants to do with the inputs that you put in, right? Because it really takes the pressure off of it's only successful if you get to to the BMI. And like some people think that they should be a normal BMI. Like, what is that based on? We all know the BMI is flawed. So let's let go of that 
And then what is the number on the scale based on, which, you know, who created the number that you were supposed to be at? So if we get rid of that, we stop focusing on that as the outcome and we instead focus on how do I honor my body, care for my body, prioritize my health and well-being, right? That is going to be so much more successful. And in fact, I will mention here that if we can let go of the idea that we have to create like a number on the scale, we can start to see that preventing ongoing weight gain is actually a huge win. And people forget this and they don't like to hear this because every single woman wants, you know, who's coming to me is wanting to lose weight, right? And so even the idea of maintaining their current weight is like infathomable, right? Because everyone's so obsessed with like, I have to lose weight. But if you can actually see that maintaining your weight and not continuing to gain is going to result in a better weight outcome long term and better health and wellness long term, you are winning. I cannot tell you how many women that I talk to who are like, oh, yeah, I thought I was fat when I was 14 years old. And I look back now and I would kill to have that body. Right. You see? So if you would just focus on preventing weight gain and just living your healthiest lifestyle and loving your body and accepting your body and all of the curves and the jiggles and the cellulite and looking at how do I create my best health, that may involve some weight loss. It may just involve weight maintenance, but that's going to be way more successful than thinking that the scale is your only measure for success and happiness. Number two is really just focusing on that creating your healthiest lifestyle. So number one is dropping the scale focus. And number two is learning how to create your healthiest lifestyle. Now, why do I say learning? Because this does not happen by default. And there are some physicians in the obesity medicine community who really think that we shouldn't even be talking about lifestyle when we're talking about obesity because they think that that's like shaming people and saying like, if your body is larger that you are, you know, that we're assuming that you don't have a healthy lifestyle. And that is not what I'm doing. I would say this no matter what your body shape or size, that you need to learn how to create your healthiest lifestyle. Why do I say that? Because health is not what comes on default. We are in a society that is fast paced, that is all based on accomplishment, that is people who are like, especially in Toronto. Okay, this is my realm. So this is what I see or the major big cities, major cities. People are just are obsessed with accomplishment and career and like one-upping their neighbor and competing for status. And listen, health falls by the wayside because it is so easy to focus on what is more pressing. And we are human beings who get distracted. How much time do we get distracted by Netflix and watching other people play sports on TV? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because it's a huge pet peeve of mine. But anyway, I know so many people love watching sports. Okay. Social standing, appearances, accomplishing, overworking, bigger, better, competing, status. Like we lose sight of what is re what really matters. And we take advantage of what comes when we're young. Like we're really fortunate that when you're young, typically you you get some health by default. But you know what happens is that with aging, health does not happen by accident anymore. Health is created with purpose and intention. And so no matter what body size, I, this is my message, is that we have to value health. We need to be changing where we list it in our priorities. And many of us say that we listed it as a priority, that it's one of our top values to, to live a healthy lifestyle. Many of us give it lip service, but how many of us are actually living that in the day to day? 
And I believe that is a cause for dissatisfaction amongst so many because what we say we value and what we are actually living are not congruent, right? We're not living aligned with our values. And so learning to create your healthiest lifestyle. Now, what does that look like? Well, it looks like learning and the pillars that I teach are how do you create consistency so you keep showing up for yourself and that means dropping perfection. How do you create sustainability of like, hey, I, I want to create a life that I can keep on living long term, even when kids are sick, even when my job gets busy? What is that? What does that look like? What's my minimum baseline? Who do I want to be to live out those values? And that doesn't mean it has to always look like 60 to 90 minutes of lifting heavy weights at the gym four days a week. But it means I continue showing up, right? It, can it means I drop perfection and I just show up for myself in the 10 minutes that I can go for a walk, whatever that looks like. And the last piece is resilience. So those are the three core tenets, consistency, sustainability, resilience, that I believe if we can work on those skills, it's a skill set to develop those things. That is how we create health for ourselves. And so much of that is dropping all or nothing, which is such a big barrier that I see among women is that all or nothing mindset, which guess where that comes from, ladies? Created by the dieting industry, right? That is exactly where all or nothing when it comes to health comes from, is you have to follow this diet perfectly. Otherwise, you've fallen off of the diet. And you're, so you're either on or you're off, right? It's so black and white. Not helpful. And then creating your healthiest lifestyle also is rooted in not hating your body, but recognizing you have this one beautiful, amazing vessel to travel through life in and you want to honor it and you want to care for it so you so that you can do everything that you want to do, right? Like it pains me to see so many people reaching their retirement and then like spending it at home and giving up on their travel plans because now they're too sick to do anything. That is sad. That is really sad. Now, if you're listening to me and you are there, it is not too late. It's never too late. So I don't want you to hear this as a shame message, but I do want to speak to people who aren't there yet that you can prevent that and you can ensure that you have, not ensure, there's always things that are out of our control, but you can increase the chances that you're going to live full out and enjoy it full out when you value your health and the body that you have. And if you are at that stage, hey, it's not too late. You can still improve your health. You can still, you can always build from where you are. The third thing that I believe is part of the solution to losing weight and keeping it off is learning tools, focusing on tools to manage the things that get in the way. So emotional triggers, coping skills for stress, your mindset, and personal development. I think that if we all, now this is obviously my personal slant because I just so believe in our own personal growth and there's so much value to renewing our minds and empowering our thought processes and our mindset and how much our cognitions affect everything in our life. I think that if all of us were more invested in how do I grow as a person instead of whatever, whatever it is, how do I create my medical empire or my legal empire or how do I make partner, right? Like we put so much time and effort into these things. And sometimes we don't put that same effort into how do I learn to regulate my emotions so that I'm not always eating because I'm stressed out or I'm bored or I'm frustrated with my life or I'm feeling lonely. Right. So if we learn tools to manage emotional triggers and we learn coping skills and we actually care for our wellness, it's just my personal belief. It's probably data, but I didn't bother looking it up. I just wanted to share my beliefs. 
is that is going to lead to better long-term health outcomes. And I think better long-term weight management too, because we often, so many of us, myself included, in the past and even in the present, but it's better, we use food as, a, as, as an escape from our lives. We use food as an escape from pain. We use food as a way to create pleasure because we don't find pleasure. We aren't creating pleasure in other areas of our life. So we better make sure food is pretty good, right? So there's so much more for us that we miss out on because we get so busy and we get so, so distracted. And that's why I love the reflection that comes through working on your own personal growth and your mindset. And the last solution for long-term successful weight maintenance and loss, loss and maintenance, is to treat medical conditions that you have, including the medical condition that we call obesity. And this is going to mean different things for different people. For some people, it's it will just be creating that different lifestyle, learning the new emotional coping mechanisms, and that's going to be the solution. And that's amazing. For other people, it is going to be medical treatment with anti-obesity medications, Sixenda, Ozempic, Contrave, Manjaro, others like this. And some it's going to mean bariatric surgery. So for whatever, whatever that means, we do need to recognize obesity as a medical condition and treat that adequately. But just taking medications is not going to be the answer. It's going to be combined with everything else that I shared. So this is why I think we have to look at the whole person. And dieting just doesn't do that, right? Dieting, it doesn't, dieting doesn't help you love yourself. Dieting doesn't help you stop self-sabotaging and that inner critic that just keeps telling you you're not enough. And that if you just lost weight, maybe you'd be happy, right? And happiness is just on the other side of that BMI, right? Like that's what dieting, that's the dieting message. But I believe that if we stop focusing on restricting food as a punishment for not being thin, and instead, we celebrate our bodies, we celebrate our lives, we empower our mindset, we prioritize physical, mental, emotional health, then we will collectively see people living healthier, managing their weight more effectively long-term, and just enjoying the journey so much more. So that is what I'm standing for. That is what I'm inviting you into. If you want to join me and the amazing women, it's freedom around food. It is peace with your body. It's putting value on health and your own wellness. And it is ultimately what leads to thriving in your life. So this is what we're doing inside Best Weight. And what I've shared today is the very reason I created Best Weight, our program, to be different from what is offered in the dieting industry. My reason for being is to help women who have been harmed by the dieting industry. Not everyone is ready for it. Some of you listening will be like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And in, in theory, I believe you in like concept. I like it, but I'm just not ready to let go uh, of the idea of reaching my goal weight. That is okay. I still love you. You're just not ready to join me yet. I'd love for you to keep listening to the podcast and I will com complete, continue to support you and love you from the podcast. But if you are listening and you are ready and you are so sick of dieting, you're sick of not fully living your life because you have believed the lie that you will be happy and you'll start socializing again when you lose weight and you'll finally go for that promotion when you've lost weight and you'll finally take your kids to the beach when you've lost weight. Listen, I'm here to tell you that you need to start living your life now. We need to start facing those fears and getting uncomfortable now because doing the uncomfortable things now are what leads you to growth, what leads you towards your values. And you will be more successful in creating the health and the weight that you want when you overcome these things. So I want to help you with that. Okay? Here is the next step. I want you to join me and our amazing community of women inside Best Weight. Do not procrastinate. Go to my website. 
sashahighmd.com. Book a discovery call so we can get you started and let's do this. All right, for everyone else, I will remind you to honor your body today. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.